0: Hi, my name is Omud, and you are listening to the Millennial Perspective Podcast. Uh, On today's podcast, I'm having a conversation with someone who's been very key in my life and even in my growth as an individual and as a Christian as well. Um, The particular individual I'm talking to today was my youth deacon, then became my mentor and youth pastor. Now he's pretty much almost every office that an elderly Man can fit for me. I'm having a conversation with Pastor Mpangwem Tuale, aka Pastor Pee Wee. How are you, boss? What's
1: up, man? Roger, okay, how are you doing, bro? You're making me sound old. I'm not that old.
0: <laughs>
1: I should have emphasized, dying. <laughs> nah, I should have emphasized uh, his age before you. you make it sound like I'm like 55, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been No, no, no.
0: <laughs> he's, <laughs> he, he's very young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just to get started, my first question would be, you've been pastoring now uh, your own branch church uh for a couple of years now. What's pastoring like to you? um it's extremely interesting um it's it's It's
1: leadership at its highest, I feel mm-hmm. um in the sense that you have to lead and love people. I think for many people on the outside, pastoring is is what they see on TV. Like what they see is um, somebody with a pulpit and a platform. And I've realized that pastoring is less about a platform mm-hmm. and more about a people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because God says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart. And when he said that in Jeremiah 315, he was thinking about a people. So it's a whole lot less about a platform and more than a people, more about a people. And I, I have begun to learn um, in times uh, through experience that if you make it about yourself, it'll be painful. Mm. Uh, when you make it about others, it's enjoyable. You know, Yeah, that's pastoring really in a nutshell. Yeah. You're learning on the job every day. Uh, there are those who go to school for it. I, I've never been to Bible school. Shout out to all those who have been to Bible school. And I want to go to Bible school, I think, for the, for the sake of um, maybe enhancing my knowledge, um, especially around preaching, uh, because the platform is more about preaching, but pastoring is more about caring for the people, you know? And so,
0: yeah, uh, you learn every day. Okay, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. You, you talk about uh, pastoring being more about the people than the platform i think with that statement i would like to then fuse in the question of what is the purpose of the church according to you wow okay firstly the
1: church um, is very different from an institution uh, like others believe Um, sorry let me just switch something off there Uh, i think i heard uh, a, a is something that could disturb us. Let me delete that. Okay, cool. So I was saying, the church is, is a very interesting um, institution um, because, yes, it is an institution. Um, and historically, we've looked at it as an institution um, because of a building, right? Uh, but it is also an institution because it is the organism mm-hmm. uh, or organ that God has ordained to carry out his functions on the earth. Like the only thing licensed on this earth to carry out God's mandate and assignment is the church, right? Jesus didn't build anything else except for the church. He says, I'll build my church mm-hmm. and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? So if it is a, a something that Jesus has built, then it is an organ for God, right? We, we've, got to, we've got to be very clear there. The way God sees it is that it's an organ. Mm-hmm. The way we should see it is that it is a body, right? And a body that focuses on connection, right? So, so I'm, I'm going to say it in two ways, right? The one function of the church is to carry out God's purpose and work on the earth, right? Mm-hmm. But the other function is to connect other believers And grow the connection of believers to those that are not here. The Bible says that he has left us unto the work of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. The church's number one assignment is to reconcile. Okay? If you are an accountant, to reconcile is to take account for that which is missing or give account for what is there. Okay? So... There's also the work of saying everybody on the earth is God's children. Mm-hmm. Let's try and reconnect them back to that relationship so that they can also be involved in carrying out the work of God. Remember, I said it's two sides because that's why Jesus would say something like, like you didn't, you know, you didn't take care of the, you know, the the needy or feed the naked and um, feed the hungry. Clothe the naked, right? Because there's a work to it, okay? But there's also the relationships in it, right? Yes. So God wants us to do His work, right? Mm -hmm. But also Him do a work in us. And Him doing a work in
0: us is more about the relationships that we build around us. Okay, that's that's very uh, insightful. Uh, saying that we need to connect people back to God. And also at the same time, uh, we've been given the assignment of reconciliation. Right. The question um, I then have is, what are some of the challenges that you as the pastor, or uh, should I say the body of Christ or the church in general, is facing in actualizing the connecting, of people that, that the church is facing in carrying out God's agenda or in reconciliation, what's the challenge or what are some of the challenges that the church is facing right now? Okay. I mean, it's, it's, I'll give you three, okay? Um, I'm going rem- to say them so that I remember them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is history, okay, uh, and tradition, okay? That's one challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is uh, negative perceptions, about the church okay Uh, that's possibly people thinking we're too spiritual or people not wanting to connect the third one i believe is also a selfishness um of the individuals and i'm going to explain each one number one okay uh history Mm -hmm. sometimes one of the biggest challenges to progress is history and tradition Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. uh we're from zambia okay Mm -hmm for anybody listening, we're we're recording this in Zambia. Yes. We've been talking about diversification as a nation since (laughs) God knows how long. Independent. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But one of the biggest problems is if something is working, you don't want to fix it. Right? Uh Uh-huh. Until you're exposed. Okay? Like, we always remember diversification whenever someone, like, When something threatens our economy, that's when we're like, oh, we need to diversify. But we don't diversify when, you know, times are good. Okay? That's Zambia. Now, I'm bringing Mm it to the church. One of the problems with the church in terms of connecting and because connection is also about communication, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between speaking and communicating. The only reason you and I are communicating is because both of us are able to understand each other. Yes. If you spoke in a language that I could not understand, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you would simply be speaking, right? Mm-hmm. But unless one of us understands the other person, there's no way we can effectively communicate. hmm Okay? Think about this. Jesus, for me, he was an innovator, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible talks of him, number one, as speaking Aramaic. He didn't have to speak Aramaic. He was a Jew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the point is, he was not going to speak Jew or Hebrew to the Arabs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. How are they going to understand him? Okay? He would also tell stories. He, so he was up to date with communication. But he also would tell stories so that people would understand. It's interesting that Jesus' stories are our scripture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if you tell stories today as a preacher, you, it's like you're playing games, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But people don't understand that stories were there told by Jesus. They were not real. The story of the prodigal son is not a real story. It doesn't exist. Jesus was saying it's a story, right? Mm-hmm. But it was an illustration for us to understand. Correct? Correct. Yeah, I hear you. So, the challenge of the church is we've not understood the world we are in today and how to communicate effectively to this generation. Right? Mm -hmm. And whenever you bring different communication, it's like you're being a rebel. Uh Right? Or watered down. Uh Okay? Now. I am not saying that Jesus lacked power, but if you read the scriptures, Jesus would, the Bible would say that, that there were times where they questioned Jesus, like, this guy is just chilling. You know, he's found with these guys. And he says, look, John the Baptist was all serious, right, and fasted. You called him a demon-possessed man. Mm-hmm. I, the son of man, come feasting and drinking, and you call me a glutton and a drunkard, Right. So what Jesus was saying is, I cannot use the methodology of John. That was a different space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? But wisdom is proved right in its fruits. We have to be a fruit-oriented like church. So that, that, that's the biggest problem. So you can find like even technology, we're not advancing because we're so stuck. Look, look at what's happening now. Look at what's happening now. Uh-huh. Right? Now... A few months ago, being online, you could be like the only guy. Now, being online as a pastor, uh-huh. it's like Kamala. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Everybody is, is online. You know what I mean? It's Furu Furu. <laughs> uh-huh. And now you're seeing, oh snap, nobody prepared for this. And they never thought about a world outside of the church. It's just like now I'm learning that the numbers inside the four walls of, my ch- of the church do not reflect the impact that I have. Okay? So I told you that's tradition. The second one is maybe spirituality. Because of the previous views of spirituality, right? That like maybe you thought you were too spiritual and people have been hurt by the church. Sometimes as a church, we also downplay spirituality in order to be relevant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... You don't play with the, with the principles. The principles remain the same, right? Mm-hmm. Irrespective of the place we're in, right? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is still the Holy Spirit. Prayer is still prayer. You understand what I mean? The Word is still the Word, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes in an effort to be relevant, what do we do? And in an effort to not be like those who hurt other people, we try not to do that. Uh, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the challenge I'm finding as well. That's the space I'm navigating in. That sometimes being relevant does not take away being righteous. You get my point?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Right? yes.
1: You get, righteousness is never irrelevant. Holiness is never irrelevant. Right. Mm-hmm yeah it's just that how do we communicate it in the time that we are in, right?-
0: mm-hmm.
1: The third thing that I find is a challenge for the for the church today is that people are comfortable. The word of God that we preach most of the times is to make you feel comfortable on this earth as opposed to, to remind you that there is an afterlife, mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that you are here on a mission. You're not here <laughs> forever. You're here on a mission. Yeah. Whenever you see the story of the parable of the talents, that's you and me. Mm-hmm. The master will come back and he'll say, Give me back what I gave you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you better have multiplied what I gave you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not, you shouldn't have just kept it. You got to multiply it. Right. Yeah. So when the, and that's where there has to be a shift from a preacher being the star. Right. Mm hmm but to being the administer, not the star, right? In other words, you're the one who's helping others to do ministry. Them doing ministry is the work that we ought to carry. I think those are the challenges we have now, and that's why we are finding a struggle. Like, people don't feel like the need to invite anybody to church. Like, for what? Like, (laughs) as long as I come,
0: that's it, you know? What's your beef, All right? People don't feel the need to share the challenges that you've talked about uh touch on pretty much uh a lot of things uh, cuz you've talked about uh effective communication ask the church being innovative um not downplaying spirituality being relevant um people preaching comfortable messages or getting people comfortable with being on earth and forgetting down a mission my question now will be um what or how can we as the church then overcome these challenges? Because I was just talking uh, with my wife, earlier. The church has evolved. Mm. The church you used to go to as a kid is different from the church your dad probably used to go to when he was a kid. Yeah. So there's evolution. I mean, if you go back, some churches when microphones were just out, I mean, microphones were deemed to be unholy things. But now everybody needs a microphone to go online Mm. so my question now becomes how can we as the church uh capitalize how do we bridge the gap and you are a younger pastor so how do we then bridge the gap between the early church and the church now without compromising on the values or on the purpose of the church or without compromising on the agenda that you talked about with connecting people and carrying out God's agenda. How do we what does the church need to do now to effectively address the challenges you've just talked about?
1: Uh I think the first thing for me has to be um continuity, okay? And what I mean by continuity is um Man, you're gonna do a two-part teaching here. You're opening up my mind to something that that I probably have thought about and I've never really expressed. Um, Here's what I feel: I feel that Uh many of the churches are designed to create followers, all right, and not leaders, Uh right? Uh Um, You're there to fulfill a task. As a follower, right, and not to step up as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, let me explain this. Every person should have a sphere of influence. Uh-huh. If we're going to see impact, we're going to have a sphere. We're going to have a, a, a greater sphere of influence. Okay. Let's let's put it this way. L- look at the difference between a car and a plane. Uh-huh. Right, a car. Commands the sphere of influence on the road, the plane commands a sphere of influence in the air. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Which one travels faster? The plane. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh huh. Because it, it's designed to command a greater sphere of influence. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of people would say things like, "Or oh, some of you kids are moving too fast." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you crash. Right. Uh-huh. That 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 doesn't hold weight because if you look at the difference between a car and a plane, okay? Mm-hmm. Fast doesn't mean you you crash a lot, right? If you look at the mm. the probability of plane crashes versus the probability of car crashes, it's yeah. actually car <laughs> crashes. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah no it's (laughs) you you get but the difference the difference is this you can jump in a car and just start moving you don't just jump in a plane Mm -hmm. and start moving fam Mm -hmm. a plane goes to rigorous checks right Yeah. (laughs) yeah you can just switch on your car and book out right yeah you don't just switch on a plane and just say guys I'm coming I'll be right back. Let me just go uh-huh. back. No. Planes don't just take off, right? Yeah. Planes require clearance, checks, systems, you know, accountability for takeoff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I am trying to communicate here is I feel that the generation that has gone behind or ahead should prepare and feel more proud of the generations that are coming up to command greater spheres of influence. Not so that they disrespect the past, but so that they recognize that they set up the platform for the greater things, right? You know, Omild, nobody who is like a CEO of a great company, let's say a great company earns in 1980, their turnover was $2 million, right? And the CEO mm-hmm. sets up for mm-hmm. a new CEO, and the CEO in 2010 has a turnover of $20 million. The guy in, 20, in 2000 or 1980 is not, not jealous of the guy in, you know what I mean, in 2010. He's proud mm-hmm. because he knows that he laid the foundation. The, the higher and the stronger the foundation, the more we can build on, right? So That's what I'm saying. Is that people should not look at even me too. I'm thinking about myself. How do I create uh, or be part of a ministry that has life beyond me? Mm. You get my point. Yeah. That people can build on top of what we have been used by the Lord to build on. You know, because look, look, look at it this way, fam. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you look at the youngsters having like to my you know ministries and crusades. And youngins are drawing numbers, man, 500, 600, bigger than churches, bigger than churches today, right? Some people in their youth conferences have more numbers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. More numbers than, than church, church. Yeah. Right? But we don't take them seriously, you know? We don't. We, and so the point is. You don't take these youngsters seriously for a long time, right? Then suddenly you expect them when they are in their twenties and thirties to be ministers. How? How? You ignore them from fifteen to twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So we have to look. Me and you, we live in a different time. The other day I went on what was it? TikTok. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a different space, boss. TikTok. <laughs> that's a completely different space. I'm trying to understand what the what the point of TikTok is because the, nobody says anything. <laughs> it's just a dance like <laughs> like 15 seconds and you're out. And I'm like what the heck is going on here? Right? Uh-huh. So, so I'm thinking how will I package my messages and social media content for TikTok? Because it's so hard for me. It's 15 <laughs> seconds. I can't say nothing in 15 seconds, uh-huh. right? But I have to find somebody who knows how to communicate in 15 seconds. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and be, if, Because there are people on TikTok that have got half a million to a million followers. I don't even know who the heck they are. Why do they have half a million followers? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. Right? But they're there. So back to the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. If, if there are people who I can lead that command a greater sphere of influence than me, I should not be jealous or fearful or intimidated by their success. What's his name? Brian Houston. One of the reasons Hillsong has been so successful is Brian Houston's amazing ability to find leaders and lead people of influence and celebrate their success. He says, remember they had mm-hmm. that worship leader, Darlene, Darlene Check. Yeah. You know, a Zambian said, Darlene zeche, Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and he was like, he was like, you guys all pray for a worship leader like Darlene in your church. Yeah. But do you know how secure you have to be as a pastor? To have to pastor someone e- who's world famous. E- more famous than you. Yeah. More. <laughs> Someone who, who can command greater crowds than you uh-huh. at that point. Yeah, And there'd be times, he says, there are times where she would be singing and he would have to film camera or be on the camera for her. Mm. And to this day, we look at the success of Hillsong, which is probably, the, for in my eyes, probably after the Catholic Church or the Anglican Church, the most global church in my eyes, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Outside of. I mean, global influence. Mm-hmm. And when you say Hillsong, you can't even see Brian
0: Houston's face.
1: I mean, you know, yeah. you don't even know his sermons.
0: That's actually um, a new direction that you've given and a new thing to focus on. That instead of building followers, is you get to build leaders. Now, unfortunately, we are out of time uh i wish we could have this conversation for the next hour, we hour or two the way we normally have the conversation <laughs> the way we normally have the conversations on phone so just to just to close it out what would be i think one word or a few words that you let me not say one a few words that you would give to the older generation as well as the younger generation on how we can help make the 21st century church more effective yeah. uh, and relevant at the same time, but also not downplay our spirituality? Um, as
1: a pastor mm-hmm. that has led a youngish church, first of all, shout out to my, my reverend, Reverend Bruce from um, mm-hmm. I'm here because of a man that has invested time in me, Right. Um and and giving me the room to make mistakes, right? I think that's critical. I think I think I'm learning now, even as I lead, that then you must give people room to make mistakes. Think of Jesus. He gave his disciples room. You know? P- Peter was all over the place. He gave him room. Okay? Uh, Pastor Osaki once said how Peter walked around for three years with a knife and nobody knew that, you know?
0: <laughs> but yeah. I'm
1: sure Jesus did, you know? I'm sure Jesus did. And mm-hmm. the truth is um, you've got to give people room to make mistakes. And I'm grateful for the older generation. And what I'm saying is that you've got to give the next generation room to express, I feel like you don't get given room. Even this generation, I don't know it, mm-hmm. right? I I don't know it. I just that's why it's better for me to make relationships with those who I can lead, understand them, and give them room to express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's just like when you talk about things like secular music, you know, us. It was just you can't. It's not possible. It's not allowed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to say that in this generation now. Uh-huh. It's extremely difficult. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. In fact, sometimes people, we even use, like, I'll use, like, secular music as my backdrop mm-hmm. for, music, for my content. Not because I, I'm, I care, but somebody, that's, that's how you catch people's attention. Mm. So you've got to give people room to make mistakes. What does the younger generation have to do? The younger generation has to then realize that they don't know it all. Yeah. the the, the biggest challenge with our generation is pride.
0: Mm.
1: You speak to a younger person, they don't ask you questions; they're telling you, <laughs> they're informing you. Yeah. That's why.
0: Yeah.
1: That that's that's why that's why most of them don't like accountability because accountability has to do with correction,
0: uh-huh. right? Uh huh.
1: And, and and they'll only like you when you believe in them. And believing them in this generation equals you affirming everything I do. Not everything I am, but everything I do. Omid, uh-huh. you will make mistakes and I will correct what you do. But I will always affirm who you are. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So w- we need accountability. We need respect. We need humility Yeah. to sit down. Go to church, guys. Write notes. You don't write notes. You don't even write notes anymore. Even when you said use your phones, you don't even write notes. You don't even listen to <laughs> yeah. the messages. You just go there for nice, your yeah. go home. That's pride. That's pride. Jesus spent his youth listening. Think about that. He spent his youth learning, even though he was a son
0: of God. That's what we need to do. No, thank you very much. Like that's... That's very uh, insightful, very good information that you've given me personally. I hope uh, the audience also finds this information very informative and very beneficial. So uh, we've come to the end of this episode of the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for your time and being available to just share your wisdom, insight and your perspective as well. So thank you so much. No problem. Pleasure, man. God bless.